There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of January 2010. For newcomers to the show, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll notice all the other sites I have up there. Bookmark them for future use. In fact, it's a good idea to use the, the alternate sites once in a while for download because everyone goes in the com site at once and it tends to give you a slow or a sticky download. And here are the official sites, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.us.net.ca, Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca, and Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. Uh, that's a European site, has all the audios for download, but it has addition of transcripts for download of a lot of the talks I've given in the past. I can choose from the various languages of Europe. There's also CuttingThrough.Jenkness.com. That's the official sites. That's all the ones that I that are mine. So anything else you see isn't mine. If it's pretending to be, and there's quite a few up there that do pretend to be. Sometimes you get them in spades. In fact, they come and go. But um, I should remind you too at the beginning of the show that uh, I'm the only host really that's that where the audience brings the host to themselves. And you do that by donating or buying that which I for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Now, personal checks are good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, uh, you can also get international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada and stress international at the post office. You can use Western Union or MoneyGram or cash. Same outside the Americas, Western Union, MoneyGram, cash, or PayPal. You can order with PayPal. Just send a separate email to me to confirm your order. And for those who get the disc burned and passed to them, you can write to me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1. But it's important to say that you either buy the materials they have for sale or you can donate to me. Don't wait for other people to donate. Everybody does, and money doesn't come in. And I don't make much of a... It's not a living here. Believe you me, it's not a living I'm making here. If I wanted a living, I'd, I'd get the sponsors on for the talks during the show, and I get paid for doing so. But then I'd be kind of compromised in some ways. The ads you hear in the show are paid directly by the advertisers to RBN for this airtime. And it pays RBN for the staff and their equipment and their bills and all the rest of the stuff. So you have to help me pay my bills by donating, as I say, use PayPal or any other methods of payment. It's up to you what you want to do. I go on and on sometimes about different uh, ways that people perceive reality. There's generally the, the uniform one, and that's the one 
uh, of our own indoctrination. It's a standardized indoctrination we've had. We've had it really since UNESCO was set up, and then they put out their mandates via national educational associations and teachers associations to make sure the world and the youth of the world all got the same indoctrination so we'd all see th things the same way. That's why you can go to other countries and, and uh, you can chat on the same level, never realizing that you've all been indoctrinated into seeing the world in a specific way. But we never really get a hold of reality. How can you get reality when they can spray the skies daily for what, 12 years now um, and use harp along with it, cause floods, droughts, and all the rest of it, and won't talk about it? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix just mentioning that we're never let in on reality because no one will talk about it. They certainly won't talk about it in any government circles, at least not to the general public. In fact, that was admitted in Canada when a politician from Sudbury and went to the federal government and asked uh, to know why they were spraying the, the skies so heavily, all these jets. This was two or three years ago. And uh, the reply from the Minister of Defence, who spoke up, said was that uh, we don't have to answer that question because obviously it comes under some sort of official secrets act or national security, you see. So that's how they get away with it. And we're told to deny our senses. And, of course, it takes the complicity of the media to make it all work that way. And there's nothing new about that, believe you me. But it's the same, too, with, as I say, David Kelly. David Kelly... Uh, was a scientist who uh, came out against Tony Blair. Tony Blair was a one-man band, remember, in Britain to go ahead with the Afghanistani and then Iraq war. He was all for it. And um, he was like a wind-up toy, you know, with a little rabbit with the drums and the, and the cymbals just clashing away with his mantra, and they have to go to war. And... Uh, David Kelly came out and spoke out and said that uh, it was all nonsense. He had all the data, and he told Tony Blair there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and so on. And this article was from the, I think it's the um, mail, the mail online it is, sure. It says, David Kelly post-mortem, that's the autopsy, was to be kept secret for 70 years as doctors accused Lord Hutton of concealing vital information. That's January 23rd, 2010. It says, Vital evidence which would solve the mystery of the death of government weapons inspector Dr. David Kelly will be kept under wraps for up to 70 years. That's under the Official Secrets Act. Isn't that incredible? And isn't it amazing, too, uh, that this man was killed, murdered, uh, just before he was due to testify to the Supreme Court and what he knew. With all the nonsense to do with Blair and this phony war they were drumming up. Quite something. And now they put it under uh, wraps for 70 years. 70 years. Because they know darn well it proves that he was murdered, you see. That's a real world. That's the real world in which we live. It's nothing to do with the with the, the farces the media feeds us generally. 
It's the real world. And believe you me, down through history, at the top of power, there's always assassination squads. Always. There always have been, always will be assassination squads in every country. I always think we really haven't changed at all. Not really. We have this idea that somehow we're more genteel today, we're more civilized today, and all that nonsense. But that really is uh, nothing more than a great propaganda exercise which has been very successful to conceal the harsh realities of it. With power comes absolute terror at times, and with power uh, comes the right to, to kill, to destroy and and then lie to the public. In the old days, they didn't have to lie. They just kill people, assassinate them, and say, well, so what? What are you going to do about it? Today, they have to go through the, the lying game, and uh, it's just astonishing. This is so common, this, this kind of thing. This is so common, this kind of thing happens, that it's utterly disgusting. Now, I'll put these links up for you to read at your, your own leisure at the end of the show on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I read articles across the world to show you how this global society, this wonderful global society, they're calling it, or the global plantation, as the rest of us call it, uh, is coming together. And I've, I've said for many years, eventually, you'll pay for everything, for water, foods. Food will be rationed, so will water, and all the rest of it. And this is from the National News from Ireland. It's from the... The Independent, it says, Homes face annual £400. I don't know, it's about $700 maybe. Water charge in a water meter plan. Now, Ireland is one of the wettest countries in Europe. One of the wettest countries. It's always raining. It's something like the north of Scotland. It's always raining. That's why we're so short. You, you grow to your 20, then you start shrinking again. But it's always down well raining. There's no lack of water. So here they go with putting meters on your water supply and charging you all this money for it. And it's going to go up to. It's a privilege to have water, you see. It's a privilege to, to, to have anything in this socialist, Marxist, brave new world run by bankers. It says here, Householders face a prospect of steadily increasing water charges once a metering system is introduced. This is from January 26. The Department of Finance has already proposed an interim charge of £175 per annum, which would yield £200 million for the government. But the Environment Minister, John Gormley, yesterday raised the possibility that the final bill for householders could be substantially higher after he revealed he ultimately hopes to raise £1 billion. Pounds. It'll work out basically to start with at £175 per house. It's all to do with cash too, of course. Remember too, they're putting meters on everybody's electric bills, on houses as well. These meters, smart meters are called. They can actually read it remotely and they can cut you off remotely as well. And eventually, once they're up and operating... They're going to go into uh, giving you a set amount according to how many live in that house. And if you go over it, they'll cut you off until you agree to pay extra. I mean, this is, it's all on the cards. You know, blackmail is blackmail, you know. It's, it's all it is. Extortion. Extortion. There's a site here, and it says, Happiness is Slavery. I'll put the, the name of the site up on my, on my links at the end of the show 
on cutting through the matrix. And it says here, January 25th, it says, uh, America's impending masterclass dictatorship by Doherty crunches some numbers for us and finds, according to the Federal Reserve's most recent report on wealth, America's private net worth was $53.4 trillion as of September 2009. But at the same time, America's debt and unfunded liabilities totaled at least $120 trillion, or 225% of the citizens' net worth. Even if the government expropriated every dollar of private wealth in the nation, it would still have a deficit of 66,600, actually $66.6 dollars, $66. equal to $214,286 for every man, woman, and child in America, and roughly 500% of the, of the GDP. If the government does not directly seize the nation's private wealth, then it will require $389,610 from each and every citizen to balance the country's books. Quite something, eh? And yet they're spending like crazy. Why? Because, you see, the system isn't intended to go on forever. It's only important that we keep working for this thing called money while we bring the New World Order in for them. We work it out. We go into the army. We basically make up the army. We are the workers who build all their, their weaponry. We build their cities of the future for them. And then they pull the plug, you see. And uh, because they'll be elsewhere living in these super cities, uh, we, they're not left with the tab. We, we are. We'll have a completely different system by then, too. All rations, no doubt. And here's what's coming, too, for the U.S. and Canada. Because, as I say, Britain is the premier. It's the, it's the flagship for the whole planet. Uh, this one, actually, one comes from New Zealand. This article here, but it's happening elsewhere as well in the British Commonwealth. It says, rates unpaid. Councils are dipping into people's mortgages directly. That's from the Sunday Star Times. Uh, it says, um, Councils have taken millions of dollars in unpaid rates directly from homeowners' mortgages in the past year. A little-known legal clause gives the local authorities the right to force people's banks or financial companies to cover unpaid rates. At worst, this can put mortgages into default with the ultimate sanction being the sale of a home from under the owner's feet. This is for back taxes. Instances of councils dipping into mortgages have climbed since the global downturn hit late in 2008. The Sunday Star Times has obtained figures which showed that in the 12 months to July to 2009, Auckland City Council took $5.34 million in unpaid rates out of 3,840 mortgages. That's going straight into your bank account and just taking the cash. Then it gives a list of other uh, cities where it's happened to as well and different councils doing it. That's what we have to look forward to. This is the new freedom that Mr. Bush mentioned and don't believe that there's any difference between Mr. Bush's regime and Obama's regime. It's the same regime. This is a new freedom where they have the freedom to go into every, do everything to you, with you, including go into your bank accounts as they up your, your taxes and your property taxes and every other kind of tax uh, this was straight into your bank account, grab the loot and steal it, basically. You see, it's called stealing. 
doesn't matter what other fancy word they get. Stealing is stealing. That's simple as that, isn't it? That's a brave new world we're into. And we talk about rights. You know, in Britain, too, they've done away with uh, trial juries. Something they've had for, what, 800 years. But they just put it off the books with the Fabian government that's in right now. Yep. You get tried in the old way. The old magistrate used to come out with his big wig and he'd meet all the people who were condemned before they went into his courtroom and they'd all give him bribes and they would take golden cups and stuff in the Middle Ages and various bribes and that's how you'd get a leaner penalty. In fact, that's how uh, I think it was... Uh, Francis Bacon lost his job as a magistrate for taking bribes, in fact, at the court of Queen Elizabeth I. And here it's all back again. Isn't that wonderful, this progress? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. You often wonder just how stupid people can get and uh, unfortunately you're you're always finding out uh, there's no end to it really because marketers know how to switch them on. Uh, As I heard basically, uh, they don't go for individuals in marketing, they tend to go for the whole herd and they know what turns them on and off. They know how to manipulate their unconscious desires, dreams, hopes, and all the rest of it, even their jealousies or envy. And uh, Bernays went all through that in his own writings as he created the commercial society for the U.S. But it it didn't stop with him. It didn't start with him either. But uh, here's an article to do with the next step of uh, putting up info on the net, voluntarily, of course. And it's called, uh, this one is December 14th, 2009, it came out. CNET News. Blippi launches the Twitter of personal finance. Blippi is one of those ideas that at first sounds so hilariously misguided that you'd be forgiven to think it's a joke. It's a service that hooks into your credit card so everything you buy gets broadcast to your friends. Eventually, you'll even be able to Twitter your spending. Fortunately, the real story is more nuanced, more interesting, and more intelligent than you might think if all you read is the knee-jerk Twitter post from people like me. See, I talked today to Blippi co-founder Philip Kaplan about the service. He admits when we launched it, we thought we were kind of crazy, but I do believe he is onto something and has more to do with collecting your financial data than sharing it. Let you hook your credit card and debit cards into the service as well as accounts at online stores like Amazon, Zappos, Apple's iTunes stores. Eventually, it may even connect to physical retail, like Safeway Blippi's very useful trick, which the company is still working on refining, will be collecting your financial transaction data at a very granular level. It will tell you not just where you're spending money, but what products you're spending it on. And if you set up the privacy settings appropriately, who else is buying the same stuff as you? <laughs> so we can find out, right? <laughs> It will combine all your spending data into one big stream and let you compare your purchase data to that of other people. You know, your friends. You know, all your friends. Are you one up on your friends? And that's the nonsense that they're doing. And you know something? Uh, Well, I don't have to tell you that it's going to work, right? You've seen enough of what's happening today, so I won't go into that. 
as I said before, we, we have this illusion that somehow we've become civilized today and we live in a scientific age and we're not so superstitious, although they create the new age to replace all the other religions. But uh, science really rules. We're mature now, very mature, and people treat us maturely and uh, they don't have that class distinction, do they? You don't notice any of that, do you? No, I'm sure you don't. And and then every so often out comes a statement like this, which is said and made, made uh, sport of by the media because it's been said in public. But believe you me, I've heard enough of the bigwigs talk amongst themselves, and this is exactly how they talk about the poor and uh, when they go into their little eugenical rants. Uh, this article is from Times Online, January 25th, 2010. And it's from a, 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 it's from a South Carolinian uh, gubernatorial candidate, someone who's running for uh, the governorship. It says, don't feed the poor, they'll only breed. And now that's also stated straight in, uh, out of, uh, or quoted straight out of, um, I think it was, it, was, it wasn't uh, one of Orwell's books, but it was as one of the H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells said the same thing. If you feed the poor, they'll only breed. In fact, what he said was if you help them and you feed them more and you give them work, what do they do? They turn around and breed. So here's this guy running for a governorship. Don't feed the poor, they'll only breed. And it says, uh, and now for a message from Andrew Bauer, a South Carolinian a candidate in a town hall meeting over the weekend in the presence of state lawmakers and more than 100 residents, he expressed his view that, and this is how he said it, my grandmother was not a highly educated woman, but she told me as a small child to quit feeding stray animals. You know why? Because they breed. He says, you're facilitating the problem if you give an animal or a person ample food supply. They'll re- reproduce. Yep, they'll reproduce, especially ones that don't think too much further than that. And so what you've got to do is you've got to curtail that type of behavior. They don't know any better. So in other words, you starve them, eh? Afterwards, he told the state newspaper that he could have chosen his words more carefully when he compared people who take public assistance to stray animals. But a furor, a furor over his comments doesn't change this fact. South Carolina needs to have an honest conversation about the cycle of government dependency amongst its poorest residents. So there you go. Yep, we've really become more humane and civilized. Mind you, I guess in the Marxist uh, Fabian society, uh, if they euthanized you because you're poor, then, t- and I don't mean, I'm not kidding about this, they'd say that was humane. Because I've, heard, I've read other books from Fabians in the early 20th century and further beyond, in fact, who actually advocated that and said it was a very humane way to do it. They put them out in their sleep so they don't feel any pain. That was humane. After all, they're going to go through a life of suffering, being poor. Ah, boy, oh boy. So that's the world that we live in, as I say, eh? I mentioned last night that um, the top characters in the IPCC at the United Nations, the guys that live, make their living on scaring up uh, the public of the world to give all their, all their rights away to the global warming scam, uh, get grants, even personally. And so it's, they're on a winner. They can't lose. It's cash, cash, cash. And this is from Times Online. 
And it says here, 24th of January, 2010, UN climate chief Ranjendra, this is the chief, right? Pachuri, Ranjendra Pachuri got grants through bogus claims by Jonathan Leake, science and environment editor. The chairman of the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has used bogus claims that Himalayan glaciers were melting to win grants worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. He went to his own, his own Delhi-based corporation. So he's got a couple of jobs on this side. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article about Ranjendra Puchori, who got an awful lot of money in grants uh, for his personal company on the side. Uh, through the bogus uh, climate uh, glacier melting scam that's been exposed as a pure scam recently. I've read the articles on the radio this last week or so, and it's admitted to it was a scam. But it doesn't stop the cash from flowing into these crooks. And, ble- and I also mentioned, too, that the UN had stopped investigating itself. There's that much corruption within it. They just gave up and stopped rather than find more. But it says here, Ranjena Pachori's Energy and Resources Institute, that's his own company, Terry, based in New Delhi, was awarded up to £310,000 by the Carnegie Corporation of New York, and they got the lion's share of a £2.5 million economic union grant funded by European taxpayers. It means that the EU taxpayers are funding research into a scientific claim about glaciers that any Ice Age researcher should immediately recognize as bogus. The revelation came just a week after the Sunday Times highlighted serious scientific flaws in the IPCC's 2007 benchmark report on the likely impacts of global warming. The IPCC had warned that climate change was likely to melt most of the Himalayan glaciers by 2035, an idea considered ludicrous by most Glaciologists last week, a humbled IPCC retracted that claim and corrected its report because it was made on speculation and there was no investigation at all. Just uh, speculation by one person and they all ran with it. Isn't that wonderful? Well, what they should do too, since it's been, um, since IPCC retracted the claim, uh, maybe they should give back the, the money to the taxpayers of Europe. How about that, Mr. Pachori? Huh? Now, I doubt you'll do that though, eh? That's how you'll do that, Mr. Pachori. You're utterly corrupt, you see. It says, since then, however, the Sunday Times has discovered that the same bogus claim has been cited in grant applications for Terry. Since then, they're still putting grants in for Terry. One of them announced earlier this month, just before the scandal broke, resulted in a 310,000 grant from Carnegie. And on and on it goes. The Carnegie money was specifically given to aid research into the potential security and humanitarian impact on the region. That's where the Himalayas are, you see. And it's been admitted, no, they're not melting at all. So, uh, what can you say, eh? What can you say? Corruption rules the world, you see. All these big international organizations, utterly, thoroughly corrupt. 
And you've got to understand, too, the, the temptation when all these other blocks, you know, like the Soviet EU block that we have today, is throwing millions in grants all over the place, and there's little oversight into it. The temptation at the United Nations must be awfully high just to fill your pockets. Uh, I think it's more than their pockets. I think they bring their whole wardrobes along to stuff it in there, and their underwear, even their spare underwear perhaps. But they, they certainly are, are making a, a killing on all of this stuff. And uh, this scaremongering is good for business. People don't realize that this global society has to get taxed into the grave. It already is being taxed into the grave. But they don't realize that uh, Europe has for a long time, for many years, even before they officially were joined together, were paying a value-added tax on every purchase. And I can remember when it was like 15%. And they brought it out and said it's only for luxury items that you don't really need, like binoculars and things like that. Well, before you knew it, it was across the board on everything, as we all knew it would be. But it's going up to 20%. Now, in everything that you buy, 20% value-added tax. Because Britain is so broke because they're spending billions in warfare and all that kind of stuff. And this is from the Mail Online. 20% value-added tax looming as ministers, as politicians, face mounting debt crisis. 22nd of January. A hike in the value-added tax is inevitable after the election as the government grapples with the mounting debt crisis. Experts warned yesterday the Treasury will have to lift the tax from 17.5% to 20% to raise an extra £12 billion of revenue a year, according to analysts at consultancy Oxford Economics. The next government may also have to delay the state retirement age. So here they go again. They're hoping you'll die before you can retire uh, to, to the age of 68 in order to cope with the biggest debt crisis since the Second World War, the report said. Oh, these bankers are amazing, eh? They're all getting b- billions in bonuses, dishing it all out right now, divvying it up. And and, uh, and, and the schmucks below are all paying for it and, and going to get taxed more and more to give future bailouts to the same bankers. These figures from the International Monetary Fund show the UK has seen the sharpest increase in the debt burden of any group of seven nations since the start of the financial crisis. Neil Blake of Oxford Economics said there appears to be a political consensus that spending cuts should form the bulk of the tightening, but we can't see how the necessary adjustments can be made without further tax rises too. They've also gone in, what was it, Blair first, Fabian Blair, now Fabian Brown, uh, have just declared that they've got to start giving all their money to the to the third world to help them cope with global warming uh, and to help them put filters on uh, smokestacks and all this kind of stuff. You know, the communist plank that said uh, distribution of wealth, redistribution of wealth. Well, they're going ahead with all of that and then jacking up everything back home as well. See, we all work for the government. That was the ideal state, remember, for the Fabian ideology. And Marxism too. Everyone ends up working for the government. (laughs) And it's going to come across the board. In Canada, they brought it in under the guise of the general sales tax with Brian Mulroney. General sales tax. And he said at the time, he says, well, this will help uh, pay off the national debt, you see. No comment. And then 
when he was leaving, he was asked if, if the national debt was going down because of the GST. And he says, well, he says, not, not one penny actually has gone towards that. No comment. And that was that. That was, that's how it's done. Lies, lies, and more lies. And we, we go along with this. Because we're trained to go along with it. We adapt and adapt and adapt the Fabian style adaptation. See, if they gave you a hundred things at once, we'd dry it. But they can get you bending over at airports. They can, they can have cops coming into your homes and, and officials checking your refrigerators to see what you're eating and giving you little lectures and all that kind of stuff. They can put cameras up in families' homes and watch what they're up to and all the rest of it. And we adapt and that because it's all done separately, a bit at a time, you see. That's how you do it in the Fabian style. It works very, very well. Until you've adapted in a completely new way of living, completely unrecognizable to your predecessors. That's how it works, eh? Now, in Britain, there's a, another thing that's going on too. It's happening all over the UK, but it's happening in Canada as well because we've got drones coming over there. So, but these uh, spy drones, they're military spy drones. I have photographs of someone getting launched in some of the Great Lakes of special uh, forces boats. It says here, this is from the Guardian, 23rd of January 2010, CCTV in the sky. Police plan to use military-style spy drones. Well, let's chuck out the style. They are military spy drones. And it says, uh, drones could be used for civilian surveillance in the UK as early as 2012. Source, it says here, the BAE. Police in the UK are planning to use unmanned spy drones controversially deployed in Afghanistan for the routine monitoring of anti-social. We're right into the Marxist thing here, folks. Anti-social motorists. That's why they've got the cameras up in the streets, is to monitor anti-social behavior. Like sticking your tongue out, you know, things like that. And it says, um, it says, uh, protesters as well, agricultural thieves, people, agricultural thieves, and people who are dumping their garbage because they can't, you know, all the laws and rules and the money you're paying to get rid of your garbage now. And a significant expansion of covert state surveillance. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you stand it? How do you stand it? And all these little control freaks, all the way from the top right down to the people your local councils send out, that strut and stare at you, as Robert Burns would have said, who strut and stare and all that. How do you stand them? Hmm? I, I tell you, I couldn't. I couldn't. And by the way, they're already using these things because I remember last last year I read an article where the people at Stonehenge meeting, you know, the guys that wear all the funny gowns and stuff and the protesters and the guys that go for fun, uh, had spy drones going around them at the top, uh, at the top of the crowd. These things flew back and forth and it was admitted in the papers then. So this article here is just getting used to the idea of more of them coming. 
It says the arms manufacturer BAE Systems, which produces a range of unmanned aerial vehicles for war zones, is adapting the military planes, uh, drones for consortium of government agencies led by Kent Police. The police are the military now, folks. If you can't really quite get that, never mind the way they dress, the way they talk to you even, and all the toys they're getting. They are, that's the military. Documents from the South Coast Partnership, a home office-backed project in which Kent Police and others are developing a national drone plan, <laughs> national drone plan, with BAE, have been obtained by the Guardian under the Freedom of Information Act. The partnership intends to begin using the drones in time for the 2012 Olympics. They also indicate that police claims that the technology will be used for maritime surveillance fall well short of their intended use, which could span a range of police activity and the officers have talked about selling the surveillance data to private companies. A prototype drone equipped with a high-powered camera and sensors is set to take the skies for test flights later this year. So it says it will greatly extend the government's surveillance capacity and revolutionise policing. The CAA is currently reluctant to licence UAVs in normal airspace because of the risk of collisions with other aircraft but adequate sense and avoid systems for drones are only a few years away. There's no end to how they can spend your cash when you don't have it. eh? There's no end to it at all. And yet here's the an article too from uh, Wise Up Journal. And they also have the, the Guardian thing in here, and it's social motorists and all the rest of it. And uh, I'll put this link up as well at the end of the show with all the rest. Exit it in a bit more sort of detail. It says, Behind closed doors, the scope for UVs has expanded significantly, working with various policing organizations as well as a serious and organized crime agency and maritime and fisheries agency, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs and the UK Border Agency. It says, one document list detecting theft from cash machines, a drone in the sky, preventing theft of tractors and monitoring antisocial driving as future tasks for police drones, while another states that the aircraft could be used for road and railway monitoring, search and rescue, event security, and covert urban surveillance. Covert urban surveillance. So science fiction is actually here, folks. It's definitely here. Now, there's uh, Stefan in Germany. Are you there, Stefan? I'll take this call. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thanks for taking my call, Alan. I've, I've got a, um, a big question. Um, I, I wrote it down, so please stay with me. After you elaborated on some of the esoteric origins of some of the beliefs of the so-called elite some years ago, you stayed on more direct, worthy politics most of the time in the last years. I would like to assure you that books and quotations you pointed out are slowly but surely discussed in emerging and accessible shows all over the net. But my question is, because there are emerging fine minds all over the world who try to understand more about the roots and then about the branches, and because you seem to have such a profound understanding of these matters, shouldn't you feel urged to supply your insight into these matters more frequently? It's sad for me to see you ranting, but you could explain more. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to ask yeah. you. Well, the, the, the trouble is, too, 
is that it's hard to, in an hour, one-hour shows, to take one particular topic, even one particular topic, and put so much into it, so much detail, and so on. What that really needs a whole lecture series uh, to be done, which I would certainly do if I had the time or staff or something. I don't have any staff, you see. Um, but, the, but see, the people themselves, what I would tell them would be so new to them uh, that they tend to shut off their mind. That's how it is. It's a technique in getting information through to the public into areas that they've never, actually their, their minds are barred from. You have to gradually weaken that barring process and open it up by a technique so that they can actually sit and listen and, and crucially think, even critically think about what you're actually saying, rather than just cut you off because it's out of what they call their normal ken, uh, what they're, they're understanding. Because there are so many sciences involved in all of this uh, that uh, y- you'd have to uh, take it very carefully and introduce them into it very carefully. And it also is another thing, too, is that people... Uh, having egos, everyone has an ego, and you have to go into areas where you have to uh, be very careful with fragile egos. You got to understand how human ego works and how our personal ego works. That means being more honest with yourself to understand how all of society is being manipulated with scientific technique by professionals. Um, and most folk are not quite ready to to be honest even with themselves as to who they really are. Uh, how they really behaved with other people, etc. So um, I'd love to do a series about that um, and to go into all of these different techniques as well. Another thing I can't do is to go into certain areas to do with well-known people. You don't understand, I've said before, that quite often you, you have leaders presented now, some leaders out there that put a, a lot of information out on, on websites, mainly, um, in an academic format, very academic-minded, are actually world Marxists. And I know this because they attend world Marxist meetings. And the public in America and Canada and elsewhere are oblivious to that. They don't know this. Uh, there's so much I do know, but we cause so many ripples uh, because once people tend to start following someone uh, and elevate them onto a pedestal, uh, it sounds like sour grapes when someone comes along and knocks that pedestal from underneath their feet. Uh, you can be attacked heavily for doing so. But I have the facts about it, this kind of stuff, uh, and I can't really use it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. But um, just to finish off what Stephen had asked, uh, I'd definitely love to get into giving uh, lectures to classes again because it's the fastest, be the best way in fact, uh, and the most precise way of going through a whole, uh, not just one science, but many different sciences to show you how they all fit together and so that you, you can go out there and and deal or help get engaged in this big battle for humanity 
and uh, do it in such a way that you can be of, of um, real import. But at the same time, you won't be blasted out of the sky uh, by saying too much at the wrong place or at the wrong time. You have to be very, very careful what you say. And you must remember, too, that, that the public are fickle. Um, they each have chosen. Most folk choose the area of belief they want to believe, and uh, they're not open to go in, into deeper areas to, to show to be shown the big picture. There's a, a fear, obviously, in seeing the big picture because it's not a good picture at all. It's a kind of horror show uh, under hum- so-called humane um, tactics that are being brought in. I, I even have an article here where an author who's involved with dying with dignity, as they call it, the, the euthanasia boys, has um, advocated that uh, euthanasia booths be set up across uh, Britain and elsewhere for, for pensioners just to walk in and be euthanized on the spot, just like Soylent Green. And that's meant to stir controversy. That's why the book is out there, obviously. Um, to get this into public awareness and then to get through Parliament. That's how they do it. These are the techniques that they use. Now, we'll go to Dave in Arizona. Are you there, Dave? Hello, Dave? Uh, hi. Yes. The cashless society is set up for control, right? Yep. And the credit cards were put out so we got used to not having cash? That was a, a big part of it, but it was also to tide us over in the 70s and 80s into the 90s um, when people were going out of work and all the rest of it. Often the credit cards were the only thing that got people through. Plus they could buy impulse purchases and reward themselves and feel they were still alive because they'd been trained to do that kind of stuff. Reward yourself, yeah. How long do you think we have before they go after the currency altogether? Well, they already are. Um, what will happen eventually down the road, this is what they plan to do, is to go into uh, an- another few crises, you see, with the money that they're spending like crazy. It's being used, as I say, t- for us to use to build their machinery for war, for the future structure that they will rule over for their super cities abroad, and then they'll start collapsing the cities back home. They already are, actually. And then they'll, they'll bring in a new crisis uh, system of credits, which the, the H.G. Wells went through this, and so did uh, Lord Bertrand Russell. He said eventually money will be replaced by credits. The government will issue them to every citizen at, on the Monday of every week, and it'll start off with the same amount. You can't save up the credits. That will keep the classless society at the bottom. And he said um, you have to use them up. Uh, or, or they'll simply disappear when they renew your credits and, and the governments will be in charge of it. See, money is anything that they say it is. It's only us that must have to accept and really believe it works. Right. So my, I guess my point is that eventually there'll be no form of ulterior currency or anything. There will be for a while, I'm sure, uh, an ability to sort of transfer credits into certain banks the bankers will survive because they're part, they're a big part, if not one of the major parts of this globalized uh, control system. It was the bankers who formed the Milner Group that formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs, CFR, and helped bring about a whole bunch of wars. They're still behind it today. But um, they're all involved. And we'll go into that maybe again tomorrow. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your, God, your gods go with you.